connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Denver Comic-Con 2016. We have a fantastic interview lined up for you. Enjoy. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast at Denver Comic-Con 2016. We are with author C.R. Richards. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a local Denver author, and I write dark fantasy and horror books. Awesome. So what made you want to get become an author? You know, I, I've been writing since I was a little kid when I first won my uh, third grade short story contest. Do you remember what the short story was? It was. It, I do. It was about a um, all the astrological signs ganging up on each other and fighting. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> Who won? <laughs> the crab, of course, because I'm a cancer. Oh, okay. I was hoping it was the Virgo like uh... me, but, you know, we're not known as fighters. We're more lovers. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know. I know nothing about astrological. Does, could you tell on that line of questioning? <laughs> Just a little? A little bit. All right, sorry. Continue about your life and journey to become an author. Okay. Well, um, I my family is uh, Welsh and English, so uh, my grandmother always told us stories about elves underneath the leaves in the garden. And she, when I'd go to visit her, she'd tell me the gnomes put candy in my shoes. So she was really, it was really fun. And um, so that kind of put the seed in my brain to become a writer and tell these stories. And I love sharing these stories with everybody about uh, just things that are, are, might not be in reality, but they're po- almost possible. So uh, that's, that's kind of where it comes from is uh, really it's a family thing. Very cool. So how do you balance the line between fantasy and reality and make them work together? Well, um, not always. No. <laughs> oh, you're not talking about real life. Okay. <laughs> the, the book. So do you have gnomes in your garden? That, Maybe. Because I want those gnomes. I really do. I'm a called. Snickers fan. So. <laughs> well, we'll note that. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> well, I try. I try and start off when when I write my urban fantasies that that are here. I try to start off, and with the re- reality part, and leave the magic and the not quite so possible, questionable stuff until like a second draft, so that I can make sure that it's that when people read it, it is ground in reality. So you have that sense of oh, maybe just maybe this might be able to happen here where I live. So I'm always fascinated in the process for authors, how they write. Do you have an idea that has a beginning, middle, and end, and then you fill it in? Or do you just have an idea and you let your mind go blank? Well, I tell you, 100% of my story ideas come from these really vivid dreams I have. So it starts off with one pivotal scene, and then I kind of build off of it from there. For Everybody's different, but for me, the hardest part is beginning the story. I have the middle and I have the end, but the beginning is really hard, tough for me. So do you dream in horror and dark fantasy? You know what? I do. do <laughs> it's scary See, I, I, I wouldn't pick that from you because you're such a nice lady. <laughs> Thank so, you. Uh, so the horror elements, what influences your horror? Well, I, I got I to tell you, I don't know. I dream in those really graphic images 
And, you know, I, I grew up with in, as a kid, you know, in the suburban Rocky Mountains. So where <laughs> this stuff comes from, I don't know. Maybe it's past life regression. Who knows? But <laughs> that's where it starts, all in the dreams. <laughs> that's, that's fascinating to me because my dreams uh, aren't that interesting. So... <laughs> I guess you have to have a creative mind to get there. <laughs> Maybe not. If you write them down, train yourself to write them down, you might be surprised. I, I don't know if I could do that. I don't think I'm that creative. I'm more of a you do it for me and let me live the adventure uh, through. So do you have a favorite book or are they all your favorite books? Ooh, I, I think the the one I've released just now, The Lords of Valdeon, is my favorite because I've just I've been working on this thing since... 2004 it's wow. just taken I've I have a rough draft of all six books that are already written now I'm just going back now that I've honed my skills and have become a published author I'm going back and doing these stories and they are my favorites but it hasn't been timed before this year is is there characters that you're particularly drawn to that you write at like an archetype or um, what's your favorite kind of characters to write the bad guys? You know, I, I think I have a lot of favorites, but I think the one that's most fascinating to me is uh, his name is Xavier and he, he's third in command. He's more of a military figure uh, and a, a warrior, but he's thrown into this situation that he's completely unprepared for and he just holds on to that sense of honor he has. So I really enjoy writing and reading about like the, the fish out of water thing. Somebody being thrown into a situation where they really find out who they are and find that inner strength and stay true to their identity and their integrity. So I always thought it'd be hard to, to write multiple characters and give them each individual voices. Yeah. And I just imagine, and this might be just my ignorance, that an author has like all these pages plastered to their wall and that connects to some way. Is that a process you do or how do you keep everything straight and the tone of the character is consistent? You know, I'm not going to lie to you. Before the, the age of the computer, I did five by five cards, three by five cards. <laughs> really? I did. They were all over my room. But uh, nowadays I figured out uh, a way where I, I write the entire book from one point of view and then I, before I move on to the next one, so that voice is consistent and that person's story is told completely before I start somebody else's. Has there ever been a character where you thought they were going to be minor and then they grew into something that was special? Oh, yeah. Uh, this uh, Heart of the Warrior series, uh, I had this minor character. He was very intriguing. His name is... Uh, I. His, I'm going to pronounce this the way I hope it's pronounced. So forgive me if not, but um, it's uh, Jorge or George Picaro, and he was supposed to be just a minor character, but he's he's actually the last of a tribal people. Uh, his race has been wiped out, and as I developed that, he, uh, he became a point of view character, and now he's he because he's so interesting and and such a tragic figure, I've made him a, a big part of the whole series. Very cool. And do your characters come to you in dreams and you wake up? Do they really? They do, and they, they knock on my head and won't let me sleep until I've been up at 3 in the morning before, and I'll have to go to my, oh, now I have an iPad, which is great, but before <laughs> that I had to go to my office 
and write it down. And sometimes I'll, you know, you kick out 1,500 words, 2,000 words to get the story down in the middle of the night. And then they let me go back to sleep. <laughs> do they have accents and uh, everything? They do. See, I, this just fascinates <laughs> me because I don't think that way. And um, that is really cool. They really do become real to you. This, uh, the, this Heart of the Warrior is, it's like a real world to me now. And I, I'm hoping that I can do a good enough job at t telling the story that be they become that real to the readers as well. So do you also get emotionally invested in your characters? Oh, yes. So if you kill them, you cry? And uh, Yes. I uh, The book, the second book I'm writing now, um, one of my favorite characters suffers a tragedy. And, of course, every time I'm writing, I'm just in tears. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because it's like a child or you... Do they come to you in your dream and you see them die and yeah. it traumatizes you? It, it, it does, and it will, and it's just, it's just, you just get so connected with these people, um, and you care about what happens to them. And when they lose somebody they love, you lose that person too. It's, it's just, it's really hard to explain how connected we are to our characters. Do you have uh, people come up to you and have the same connections with characters, or they say something to you that you never thought of? I, I had my, my very first solo book, uh, it, it's called Phantom Harvest. I um, wrote this character and I, you know, you never realize how much people get connected and they care. So this book ended and, um, spoiler alert, uh, his love interest, you think she dies. I had somebody come up to me and say, how could you kill her? He needs to find love in his life. You have to give him a girlfriend or bring her back from the dead or something. So it's just, it's, it was really neat to hear that, but you don't realize how people can connect with the characters you create just like you do. But that has to be really satisfying, though, because that means someone's emotionally invested in something that you are emotionally invested in as well. Right, and it's something that we share, and it's a connection I have with my readers, I, I think. And it also tells me that I'm doing a good job at engaging you and making you feel something, which is the whole point. So what else do you like to do besides write? Oh, well. <laughs> I, I like to throw curveballs in interviews constantly, so you never know. You know, I'm, I'm a big dog person. Yeah? I just, I adopt dogs, and I, I just adopted this senior fox terrier. He's deaf nice. and everything, but uh, I take him and my lab puppy, and we, walk, we hike everywhere. We love it. Very good. It, it's fun being a dog person. I, and I love rescuing him. I have a one-eyed Lhasa Apso, Aww. and he just looks so goofy in the picture that I had to adopt him. <laughs> it's just, I don't know what it is about. I know, and it's just, you know, especially with the senior pets, too, and the, the deaf, the poor little deaf dog. You think, oh, no, poor little deaf dog. But he, he doesn't know. He can't tell. He's He is running all over the place, and he they're just these senior dogs. I have a really hard a, a heart for these senior dogs because they are good dogs. Yeah. And they, they just want to be loved and they want a good home. And uh, just giving them a chance to live out the rest of their life in a happy home is something that I really enjoy. See, I totally relate because I, you know, when you see those dogs, you're like, oh, I want to help you. Yes. Come with me. I have treats. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> I have treats. Here. <laughs> Sarah, where can we find your books? I, you can find them. I'm, I'm on Amazon, iBooks, and uh, my print copies of my books are also at the Tattered Cover. In Denver, In which Denver. is a great it's bookstore. Awesome. It is. I love it. And also, um, I have had the Lords of Valion at the Book Bar. 
too, in Denver. Very cool. Yeah. So before we get you out of here, we're a movie podcast. What movies inspire you? Ooh, okay. I got to go with the old standard, The Lord of the Rings. That was the first, the, the Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, the first book I've ever read. Love the books, love the movies. Is that uh, how you base your characters in writing in that much depth? Because I think that's what's one of the strongest things about the Lord of the Rings yeah. book series is all the characters are so defined. It, he, he was a master. And, you know, I can only hope to aspire to that level because the books and the movies are, are just classics. And, you know, I, I just I hope one day that I can get there to be that good. Well, I hope you do, too. Thank you. <laughs> um, so can we find you online? Do you have a website? I do. It's crrichards.com. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, and you can find the links to all my social media sites and my blog on my website. Very cool. CR, thank you for stopping by. I know you're super busy. You probably have another interview to go to. <laughs> and here I am uh, asking oh, no. you questions about what you dream about. And <laughs> It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for stopping by. <laughs> thanks so much. And thanks for uh, getting the tech stuff worked out, Brad. You have one job. <laughs> not Mike, so I, I don't know if he's to answer. <laughs> I, I, oh, he says sorry, too, CR. He's really sorry. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> thanks for stopping Bye. by. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this exclusive interview from Real Nerds Podcast at Denver Comic Con 2016. I'd like to thank Denver Comic Con and Pop Culture Classroom for giving us this opportunity. Thanks. Bye. Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds Podcast.